It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to The Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. And if you've been paying attention... It's been kind of a weird couple of weeks because the news just keeps chewing its own cud. I mean, it's another not interesting. They're interesting, but they're the same stories over and over again. For instance, every night for like the last week, right? I've been talking about New York Congressman George Santos, seen here, <laughs> seen here showing off your grandpa's watch. <laughs> but I'm not going to talk about George Santos tonight. Tonight, I'm going to talk about Anthony DeVolder. <laughs> that guy should not be in Congress. And don't take my word for it. Just ask his former roommate, Gregory Maury Parker. Can you imagine being roommates with George Santos? Uh, sorry, Gregory. I don't have my share of the rent yet. I needed to use that money to pay for my mom's third funeral. It, uh... <laughs> it just won't take. According to his former roomie, Santos had some problems with the truth. He lied about his family having a home on, you know, on Nantucket and the Cape. His mother was um, a housekeeper in, in Manhattan, and it just didn't seem feasible for him, supposedly, to, to come from all this uh, generational wealth. Okay, that makes sense, but what if the money came from his dad, the famous man from Nantucket? <laughs> who's, you know, was so long he could, you know... People pay a lot of money to see that. <laughs> Maury Parker has always been suspicious of Santos, but started to doubt himself when Santos won his recent election. But then I thought, well, maybe I was wrong, you know, after the election. Um, because I'm sure the DCCC, you know, and the RNC would have, you know, investigated him, and at least his opponent would have done some op research. That's a good point. All of this info was online. Did the DCCC lose Wi-Fi for an entire year? And have to go analog? Huh, nothing about George Santos in the Britannica. <laughs> Let's check the farmer's almanac. <laughs> now, to be clear, Maury Parker never had any problems with George Santos because he never knew anybody named George Santos. I've always known him as Anthony DeVolder. I've yeah. never known him as George Santos. I also knew him as uh, Anthony Zabrowski. Yes, he knew him as Devolder or Zabrowski, but this trickster is known by many names. The Norse call him Loki. In West Africa, he is Anansi, the spider. To the Navajo, he is Coyote. And the ancient Mayans called him that lying asshat. <laughs> One of his Catholic... What? Oh. You speak Mayan. I didn't know that. That's fucking... One of this Catholic politician's most famous lies so far is that he claimed he was Jewish. Or, as he tried to explain... I'm Jew-ish. Well... <laughs> now, his roommate tells us one of the reasons he claimed to be Jew-ish, it was to aid his sham charity. 
he had a uh, pet charity, Friends of Pets United. Uh, it was supposedly to um, help out with, you know, sick animals and things like that. He used Zabrowski for his uh, Friends of Pets United, his, um, uh, his GoFundMe. And he would say, oh, well, you know, the, the Jews will give more if you're a Jew. So not only is he a liar, he's anti-Semitish. So what is this charity? Santos raised money for something called the Friends of Pets United, but no surprise, the IRS has no records of a charity with that name. Okay, but have they checked for Friends of Pets to Volder? <laughs> the particulars of what Santos did with this fake charity are pretty bad, but don't worry, they get worse. Buckle up, because allegedly one of Santos's victims was a disabled veteran who was taking care of his beloved service dog and they were living in a tent on the side of a highway. The dog needed surgery, but it was going to be expensive, so the veteran got in touch with Santos' charity. Santos set up a GoFundMe for the dog's surgery, but when it reached $3,000, he closed it and became increasingly difficult to contact, even though the vet kept calling Santos on the number Santos gave him, 800-588-2300-EMPIRE. Well, there it goes. Thank you. I trained for a while. I trained for a while. And yet, somehow, this gets worse. Because when the veteran finally got a hold of Santos to schedule his dog surgery, Santos refused to give him any of the donations, saying he would take the money and use it for other dogs. Yes, other dogs like Max and Skipper and Rover DeVolder. <laughs> when he heard this, sure. 800-588. When he heard this, even Kevin McCarthy said, that's it, George Santos has got to go sit on two House committees, <laughs> small business and science. Well, those two make sense. I mean, Santos said he has a degree from the Bill Nye School at the Shark Tank Academy of Business Science. <laughs> he even played for their volleyball team, the Fighting Barbara Cochran's. <laughs> Santos is not the only cuckoo dum-dum who snagged a committee seat because Marjorie Taylor Greene will be seated on the Homeland Security Committee, where she'll finally be able to investigate the Gazpacho police, as well as the Campbell's Chunky-style Border Patrol. And now, for a more fun, lighthearted topic, House Republicans are preparing an emergency plan for breaching the debt limit. Okay. Breaching the debt ceiling is a complicated topic, and I don't want to get too technical. So all you need to know is, ah! 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 Okay. Here's the thing. The United States, we borrow a lot of money from a lot of people, and the United States has to pay its bills, not just because it's in the Constitution, but because we are in deep with some serious people. That's why the old poster goes, I want you to pay our bills or they're gonna take my thumbs, Charlie. <laughs> so, what does the GOP, what does the GOP want in return for not shooting the world economy in the head? Well, reportedly, some Republicans plan to ask for spending reductions to entitlement programs such as Medicare and Social Security. Really? That's what I said. They want to cut two of the most popular government programs in history? 
Well, I guess that'll free up money for their new initiative, drowning kittens and slapping your mom. <laughs> last Friday, last Friday, last Friday? Yeah. Last Friday, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen wrote to House Speaker Kevin McCarthy warning that the U.S. will reach the debt limit on Thursday, January 19th, 2023. Well, 2023, that's got to be years in the future. <laughs> when is that, Apple Watch? Ah! If... Oh, if, in fact, we reach the debt limit tomorrow, which is like in 10 minutes at this point, <laughs> Treasury Secretary Yellen says they'll shuffle some money and do some economy stuff, and we won't actually default until early June. So, metaphorically, Tomorrow, the GP GOP will merely tie the U.S. economy to the tracks in the path of a very slow-moving train. Luckily, that's Joe Biden's favorite vehicle <laughs> and his only speed. <laughs> okay, elsewhere, elsewhere in the cycle, I got all the time in the world. Don't worry about me, man. There's controversy in America's frozen food aisle, Alaska. Last September, Alaska was hit with a major typhoon which caused flooding and wind damage. FEMA came in to help, like they do. Just one problem. There's a large native population that speaks their indigenous languages in Alaska, and FEMA's translations of this important information was just a hair completely wrong. <laughs> For instance, when native people try to get paperwork on disaster relief aid, the instructions had phrases like, your husband is a polar bear, skinny. <laughs> That is either confusing nonsense words or Gen Z slang I haven't caught up with yet. <laughs> Your husband is a polar bear, skinny, no cap fam, big sleigh, boots down the house, mama drip. <laughs> oh, no. No. Boots the house down? Boots down the house? Huh? There you go. Obviously, people need accurate information in an emergency. You don't want to be trapped in a raging inferno and be told to stop, drop, and chubby narwhal. <laughs> Turns out these weird and insulting translations were done for FEMA by an outside company, and I'm being told we have an image of the company's CEO. <laughs> we got a great show for you tonight. Coming up, Trevor Noah. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. everybody. My first guest tonight is a comedian, author, and the former host of The Daily Show. Please welcome back to The Late Show, it's Trevor Noah. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. Good to see you, Stephen. Nice to see you, too. Thank you for dressing for the occasion. I tried. Not everybody understands. On a late night show, you should wear a coat and tie. No, I mean this is. Hey, I, I, I like a hoodie. I like this, you know. I mean, yep. the hoodie days are over for me. I, uh, I know. Well, actually, they've just begun. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, congratulations on your your post Daily Show career. Thank you, my friend. Congratulations Thank you very on much. your run over there for Thank the you past very much. seven Thank years. You. Thank you. 
Definitely made the place your own. Thank you and thank you, thank you for the support from the beginning. I really oh, you, you got it, brother. So now, uh, you, you hosted your last daily show, as the people who don't know, last, last month. Yes. Do you ever, even at this point, because after seven years, doing 160 a year, something like right, that, right. you wake up in the, you ever wake up in the morning and go, what am I doing on the show tonight, before you realize you don't have to do that tonight? No, you know what? That, that took, I would say, two weeks. Yes. And then I realized, oh, no, I don't need to know. I just don't need to know. Do you not follow the news? No, I follow the news, but I don't need to know. And I don't. I can choose when to follow the news. So before it was, you know what it's like. Wake sure. up, what's the news? Go to sleep, oh, what's go to the bed news? before Everything, you go to bed. Everything is the news, it, yeah. is the news. I was, I was telling someone backstage, you know, like, I remember there was one Met Gala after party I was at, and you're at this event. It's amazing. Everyone's having a good time. You know, there's people dancing. There's Rihanna, there's Harry Styles. And I'm in the corner. I'm like, is the filibuster tomorrow? What is happening tomorrow? <laughs> I gotta remember. What's happening? Oh, yeah, the death ceiling? Is that what's it's, it's wow. like, no, no. Wow. So now I decide when to yeah. consume news. You're a really good dancer, by the way. Even, I, thank you very even much. Even fake dancing, that's, that's that was my, really good. That's my, uh, that was really nice. Thank you, thank you very much. That's my... So let me ask you, so that's what's hard about it. What did you love about it? I mean, number one, the people. Mm -hmm. The people you got to work with. Yeah, the people I got to work with. You said something that inspired me for my entire run at The Daily Show. You were doing an event, I think it was in New Jersey. You were at a fundraiser. Mm -hmm. And uh, I listened to the audio from this. And this was maybe right before I started hosting The Daily Show. Yeah. And you said that people mistake the joy that you express, uh, express on the show as you having the joy of doing the show on television, but actually what this is is a manifestation of the joy that you've experienced creating the show with the people you created with. Exactly. I, I say yeah. we do the show for each other all day. Yeah, and then and you get to share it. it's my responsibility this is the and privilege yes. to share with the audience what we already did with right. each other Like today. all the things that everyone here experienced live that yes. maybe people on TV won't, like yes. we share that, right? Yes. And then the things that you and the writers experienced, that's, mm -hmm. that's everything. I'll miss all of that. I'll miss the people, I'll miss the culture, I'll miss the vibe. What about the grind? Because I remember I when you were... The, I will not miss the grind. Mr. the grind because no. we were having dinner together. Somebody else was having a dinner party. We were both invited yes. to it in the spring yes. of 16. And we'd both, we were both in our jobs about the same time. Right. And, and I said, so what, what, how's it going? And you said, I'm paraphrasing here, was like, I did not expect the pace to be this relentless. No. And I said, well, you got to kind of love the grind. You have to like, kind of eat the grind. It has to kind of feed you. Yeah. And you have to lean into all that stress and anxiety. For, you for, people, for people who don't understand what this is like, making a daily television show in many ways is like planning a wedding. Imagine planning a wedding. So you're thinking, who are the guests? What are you going to wear? What's going to happen? Who's going to be making a toast? What will the speeches be about? What, what's everybody eating? Who's sitting where? How's it all going? And the wedding happens, and then you go, all right, we're doing another wedding tomorrow. <laughs> and it's like... You got about you, five minutes You don't even the get to have a honeymoon. There's no honeymoon. That's There's it. no moment. So, so yeah. I, I, I do miss the discipline. I do miss the joy that came from cracking that nut every single day. Yes. But I don't miss the grind. I miss thinking about things more as well now. So something happens, and now I miss... Like, I enjoy the fact that I just get to sit and be like, huh. I don't have an opinion yet. <laughs> I just well, don't have an opinion lovely. yet. That sounds lovely. Uh, what about how often did you get back to South Africa? I know when you first started, you were going back a ton. Yeah, I was, and that's that's every probably... weekend. No, no, no. I, I used to I used to go back every every third weekend. Every, but yeah. still a lot. It's not. I mean, but it's home. It's a sixteen-hour flight. Yeah, but that's like driving through the tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. That's fair. That's Once you're fair. in, you're in. That's fair. We have to take a quick break. Stick around. We'll be right back with more Trevor Noah, that guy right there. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. That fella right there, that's Trevor Noah. Okay, uh, in uh, February, I don't have the date yet. What's, what, what's February 5th. February 5th, okay. Yes. February 5th, uh, which is a, bit, a, bit, a, bit, a, bit, a Sunday. It February is a 5th. Sunday. It is a Sunday. You are uh, hosting the Grammys. I am hosting the Grammys. Thank Second, you very third much. time? Third time. Third time. Very nice. Third time. Very nice. I, I think the Grammys has got to be the best award show. By far. It's the most entertaining By because far. the people are doing entertaining things. Well, this is the thing I try and tell people. You have to be a fan of the Grammys because you are invariably a fan of music. Yes. And the thing I love about the Grammys, selfishly, is every time I go to the Grammys, I discover a new artist that I didn't fully appreciate and I didn't love for the reasons that I should have. So, you know, you go to the Grammys, you know the artists you know, all right? You'll know Beyonce, you'll, you'll know Adele. You, you'll be like, oh, okay, I know these people. And then you'll discover artists who, who'll change your life. They perform live in ways that you couldn't have imagined. Like, Brandi Carlile became an instant favorite for me. Sure. Every, t- every single time she performed at the Grammys, in rehearsals, you know, the, the rehearsals, the day of the show, the live show, I was, I was watching this person go, how, how is this a human like, being? How, how is she doing this? Mm-hmm. This is like, this so is, this power, is, this is AI. This voice, is, it's, yeah. super, it's super size, it's perfect. But like, you, you, you experience music in a way that you, you know, and you're a big fan of music, but anyone who is, it's, it's, it's wonderful to see. It's a different way to experience it. It's a concert for everybody. And you see artists jamming to other artists. That's my favorite thing. So yeah. you'll see Bad Bunny mouthing along to like a St- Taylor Swift song. And you're just like, what? Look at this. One of the weirdest things, I, I've never hosted, but I did like an opening, like 10 minute set once, right. many, many, yeah, many yeah. years ago. And, uh, you know, I'm making jokes about Jay Z in the front row. And then I go backstage and I'm just chilling for just a second. And there's Beyonce and Lady Gaga and Slash and Robert Downey Jr. It's like, insane. This is the craziest yes. group of people. Yes, it is completely yeah. in, it, it is everybody's bedroom poster come to life. <laughs> That's what the Grammys is. Okay, so what was your first concert? Speaking of people who love music. What was my first concert? So I, I, couldn't, I couldn't really go to concerts when I was a kid. My mom, I grew up very religious, so I was, I was limited to gospel music. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's all I could listen to, gospel, and then, like, church rap, like, Christian rap, yeah. which um, isn't as cool as it doesn't sound. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, remember, I remember there was actually a talent show at school, and they were like, everyone should come and perform their song. And I, I had this, uh, this Christian rap CD that my mom bought, because everyone else was listening to rap, mm-hmm. and my mom wouldn't let me listen to the rap other kids were listening to. And then I was like, I got the rap that I'm going to... And I, I came into school, and they're like, Trevor, what's your song? I was like, I'm going to rap. And they're like, go. And I was like, give me a J. J, you got your J. Give me an E. E, you got your E. Give me an S-U-S. And I saw the crowd, like, everyone in the school was just like, is he spelling Jesus? <laughs> It was, uh, yeah. Quick, what rhymes with Ecclesiastes? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, gospel to pop music, it's a, it's a small hop. Though. It is, actually. Mavis yeah. Staples said that when they were uh, switching over from gospel into pop music, they just took all the Jesus and turned them into babies. It actually works. I love you, Jesus. I it love actually you, really baby. works, yeah. 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 And when, you know, when you, see the, when you see the parts, you know, like the Arethas, the, mm-hmm. everybody. I mean, there's definitely a link, because music is still music at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I think my first real concert was a, it was called a Peter Stuyvesant Spectacular. Back in the day when cigarettes were allowed to advertise things, mm. there was a concert in South Africa, and it was everybody from, like, Keith Sweat to Naughty by Nature to... I just remember... It was everyone and everything at the same time, and there were three stages, 
where everyone was performing simultaneously, mm. which I think they thought made sense at the time. And <laughs> like so it was a circus. Just, yeah, yeah, it's like you'd just be, you'd be watching, uh, you know, someone performing, and then you just hear on the other side, mm, baby, baby, and now, and then everyone scream, ah! And you all run to watch that, and then you hear somebody sing on that side, and you try to run to watch that. And how old are you at this point? How old was I? I don't remember. I'm afraid that's the end of the interview. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I don't have I'm sorry. After that, we have to take a, a little break here. Yeah. We'll be right back with Trevor Noah, everybody. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This man right there, you know him. That's the host of this year's Grammys, Trevor Noah. You, uh, I'm, I'm glad we have you here, um, you know, physically oh, tonight. Oh, boy. Because there's, there's, been, uh, there's been some danger in your past. Oh, boy. You recently uh, took... What, when, did you, when did you do this? Uh, so this was over the December holidays. Oh, so you, 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 you leave the show yes. and you're like, you know what, I'm going to get the hell out of this country. You go to Costa Rica. Yeah, that's, that's my annual trip. So everyone... so. I've been lucky enough to have the same group of friends going on, what are we now, 14, 15 years from South Africa. We all started our careers together, different paths, different journeys. But every year, we make sure that we go on a friend's trip. Doesn't matter where it is, sometimes South Africa, sometimes, you know, it can be California, this time it was Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. And we do something that we don't really want to do <laughs> for the experience. You have to. Like, I force like, everybody. don't want to do or, like, ah, uh, that scares me or something? Yeah, like, that don't want to do. So people be like, I don't know if we want to do that. And I'm like, that's why we should do it. And so this year, I picked whitewater river rafting. Okay, so here, this is in Costa Rica. Yes. And this looks, looks like a pretty vigorous river. It's fantastic. Okay, so it's fantastic. Here, here, here you are. Yeah. About to go over the falls. And right. that's, that's, that's you right there, right? That is me right that's there. That's you lying down. So, so not just, paddling. So just so people understand, like, the guide... No, 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 you're not supposed to... This, Points where you paddle and there's points where you don't. And you have to listen to the guide who's on the back, yes, right? Yes. So our guide, Chico, he was telling us, he's like, guys, you're going to be paddling. When I say stop, you stop. You put the, par- the oars up. When I say paddle, you paddle. Go, right? So yes. I'm listening the whole time. Like, stop, go. Stop, go. Yes. I've got it. That's what I'm doing. Yes. Right? And then he goes, we're coming to a rapid. It's going to be great. I was like, all right, we're ready for it. Rapids are great. Rapids are cool. You go through a few. You're like, this is yes. easy. This is fun. And then it's not. <laughs> We'll take them through the process right here. Okay. Right. So this is here, joy. This is joy. This is, this joy. is fun. This is, this is me realizing that, oh, this is, this is what I've always wanted to do. This is fun. Right. Okay. So, so that's, that's now not me anymore. That's actually my friend, Anele, and she has flipped upside down, as you can see. It's, you've got to admit, it's a pretty amazing picture. It is. It it's is. just to have your shoes. Sure. <laughs> it's a wonderful picture to look at. Yes. But when, you, when you're in it, it's, it's cool because you don't know that it's happened yet. You, you've done river rafting, right? I have, yeah. Have you, have you ever gone out of the boat? Uh, no, no I, my mom popped out of the boat. Oh, wow. That was shocking. <laughs> the photo of me at that point is we're all in the boat yes. together at the yes. top of the rapids, and then halfway over the rapids, just me going... <laughs> and my mom is gone over here. Yeah, because you, you, don't, you don't know, right? Huh? That's the crazy thing about it is you don't know, but... and then the next thing you know, there's no boat under you. 
the water's on top of you, the boat's on top of you, and then you're like, oh, I don't think I'm in a boat anymore. <laughs> but you still have your paddle. And this, and this is well past when you've realized what's happened. Yeah, so that's, that's the face when I realize that I might... No, but to give you full context, I was having a good time until one of my closest friends decided to pull me down into the water to try and lift himself up, which I understand is a common... <laughs> this is a common thing that happens in you water. Look, you look buoyant to me. I I've been told that many times. Thank you very much. And, and you said that river rafting is, is... This experience is a metaphor for life. How so? I truly think it is. I think in life, you know, you, you're, on, you're on a river. You can't control what the river's gonna be like. There's gonna be moments where it's beautiful and calm. There's gonna be moments where there are rapids that shake mm -hmm. you up. You don't know what your life will be like. What you can control is the people you're in the boat with. And so I'm glad I chose those people for my life, for that boat ride, for that journey. It was Knowing wonderful. that one of them would try to drown you it to get out of the river. I, he didn't try to drown. He tried to save himself. I, <laughs> and in the process, he pulled me down. He wasn't trying to drown it, you. It was really amazing. didn't care whether you lived. My That's life all. flashed before my eyes. Mm -hmm. You know what no one tells you when your life flashes before your eyes is that you also remember random things. Oh, what, what, what well, everyone thinks it's going to be like, oh, when you were born. When yeah, you... yeah. I was just like, ah, oh, that's where I left that controller. <laughs> it's like random yeah. things like that come there into your is. head. Yeah, there it is. That's yeah. exactly right. So you're back on the road on a comedy tour. I am indeed. Okay, well, what, how, how is that? Now, you get to go out there and live the life on the road, which yes. you did for many years. Yeah. Is that fun for you? Do you enjoy that? I, I love it. I love it. I, I, miss, I miss meeting people in person. I miss meeting, meeting people where they are. The, the, you know, the thing I, I loved about The Daily Show was I, was I was in a world where I was consuming the news constantly. Mm -hmm. The one thing that I didn't enjoy about it was that the news was often defined by a place. Oftentimes, it would be the coasts or where, like, the news organizations yep. are. Yeah. But you wouldn't get a real sense of what people are experiencing. And so what I love about doing stand-up is I get to bridge the gap between what I think I know about a place and its people and what the people actually think about the place and the people who are there. So, mm -hmm. you know, I have ideas of Georgia, but then I get to go do shows in Georgia and I get to meet Georgians and I get to talk to them and I go to a mm -hmm. diner and I go to cafes and I go to restaurants. You know, the same thing in India. I have ideas about India, but then I go to India and I think each time it refines me, it changes my point of view, you know, it gets rid of some of my, my biases, gets rid of just some of like the ignorance that we all have about places we don't know about. So I, I love that part of the journey. And, and then on Monday, I don't have to worry about, is it George Santos, is that his name? Sometimes. That is sometimes <laughs> his name. I agree. Going on the road and meeting the people is the best thing. It's amazing. It really, really is Before amazing. Before we go, we, we got to go here. We got one last question for you. We talked about this a couple years ago when you were on here because yes. you, you play Shuri's AI bot Grio yes. in the Black Panther universe. I do. I okay. Do and I, I had forgotten this. And uh, I had uh, uh, some, some of the cast on, and I wanted to go watch it recently, and I went, why is that voice so familiar? Because I'm listening to the eye of that. And I went, that's Trevor. Yeah. That's Trevor. And I was like, it is? I looked it up. It's like, oh, yeah, I forgot he is. But I have a bone to pick with you. Okay, go. Okoye is, like, being attacked. Shuri yes. is on the ropes. This is true. And, and you're saying, I'm working on it. Yeah. Like, some urgency from Grio, please. It sounds like you don't care what's happening to these well, people. Well, you see, I, I hear what you're saying, Stephen, and I think... That's you the know, kind of voice I don't want to hear from No, Grio. but you see, Stephen, as, as an AI, what I try and do is get into the, into the role of, of what I'm, what I'm performing. I'm an actor in that moment, oh, Stephen. Okay. Oh. And so, now, imagine if you were talking to your AI. Imagine if you pulled up one of your devices... Sure. ..and you said to your AI, you were like, uh, call 911, and Siri so was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> no, wait, stop, stop, stop. Just cancel. <laughs> you literally... 
I had to cancel. <laughs> Siri, Siri was calling 911. And then it heard me screaming. Now someone's no, on the way. Exactly. Now comes. someone's on the way here right now. <laughs> you can see Trevor hosting the Grammys on February 5th on CBS. It's Trevor Noah, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert. Just one more thing. If you want to see more of me, come to The Late Show YouTube channel for more clips and exclusives. Rise and shine, football fans. Start your day the right way with Morning Footy, a podcast that covers every aspect of the global game, headlines, match previews, analysis, interviews, culture, fashion, and plenty of banter. Join as we track the thrills and spills of Europe's biggest title races, the business end of the Champions League season, a summer packed with international competitions, MLS, NWSL, and much more. Subscribe to Morning Footy. Jon Stewart is back at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition wherever you get your podcast.